0: Quite Unusual. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Quite Unusual podcast. Sitting across from me is the beautiful and ever-talented Noel Krupa.
1: And sitting across from me is a woman with the reddest hair anyone's ever seen. The most beautiful face in the whole world. Oh, wow,
0: well, thank you.
1: And some say... She is five foot eleven. I am not, but thank you. I'll uh, take according it. to all the men's so like you know dating profiles, you're the same height. So they're you're oh, like
0: 11. in in man height, I'm yeah, five eleven. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Well, that's how that works. Five six means five eleven <laughs> to a uh, man. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> hello, Nicole.
1: Hi, Noel. Uh, we just figured out that we have only lived together for two years. We
0: have. It feels like so much longer. In a good yeah. way or a bad way. In a good way. All right. Um, we also we just got back from Paracon. Oh, oh. we did do that. Mm-hmm. We did. It was fun. We got to see our spooky friends. Sure we did. got to see some other spooky new friends that we've made. Absolutely. Um, no one got COVID. No one got COVID yet. Yet.
1: What The fuck? So you got to me?
0: Like, well, that? it's been. We got back on Sunday. It's one star. We're fine. I feel like we're fine. <laughs> 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 we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. Well, we'll be posting
1: some stuff on our Patreon, like some fun little videos, behind-the-scenes stuff. Our little, I don't know, what would you call it? Recap episode?
0: Yeah, we'll do a little recap up on there, too. A little bone-up. Yeah, a little bone-up. Bone-up. You know? (laughs) Bone-up petite. Demp. Oh, that was good. I was going (laughs) to say dem bone-ups, but I like
1: bone-up petite much better. Also, we we're gearing up for Halloween in this
0: house. We are fucking ready. We're crafting all of, all of the craft stores, speaking of crafting, have Halloween decorations out. Uh, this is a PSA for anyone, um go to your local Dollar Tree because Dude. they're I think they won Halloween this year. Dollar Tree fuck. And everything is under $5. Amazing. So Just
1: fantastic. Fantastic. So Halloween is coming. It's almost Halloween in four days. I think it'll be Halloween, something like that. I'm yeah, not sure. four days. I think that's right. Approximately. I have no idea how time works. Mm. No idea. Um, so we, uh, we're starting the spooky stuff, I think. A little spooky. Get A little, a little spooky with this one. What did you think?
0: Um, we also have another thing that we need to talk about. Oh, fuck. What? So um, we got another very bad review. Did we? We did. And um, do I want to know? Well... They say that we swear too much. Fuck that <laughs> shit. Are you fucking kidding me? Would you like me to read this? Ball dick cock mouth. Go ahead. Cock sucking mother dick okay. So yeah, I'm just going to preface this with, um, when I upload our episode, uh-huh. I specifically click the explicit box.
1: This is not for children.
0: This is not a, a podcast you should be listening to amongst children. If and if you're a cool mom and you let them hear swear words then fine right we are not geared towards children no. children should not be listening to us no this is not for them no was this a daycare it's well, apparently according to this person which who also they over like i'm probably gonna get the hate for this and it's like yeah yes you are okay so how many stars is it it's only two stars okay so it's not. So one. It's, not one. <laughs> it's not one it's not one that's an interesting choice so they say i like the stories What gets on my nerves is the constant dropping of F-bombs. Can millennials not have a conversation without swearing or cursing? No, I fucking can't. No, we fucking can't. Really. I don't want my kids hearing this. Good. It's not for your kids. Okay. The decay of... (laughs) Sorry. The decay of Western civilization continues daily. We need to go back to standards. I'll continue to try and find a paranormal show that discusses the paranormal minus the F-bombs. Are you ready for this part? This is my favorite part. Am I going to throw up in my mouth? Hey, ladies. Hey. Hey, ladies. Hey. Hey. It doesn't make you smarter or sexier to talk like that. (laughs) I'm sure I'll get the insults in return for this review, and that's fine. At least I'm raising the issue and just perhaps giving the host something to reflect on. Reflect on this! And then Nicole just whipped her dick out. Bitch!
1: Okay, so I just clicked on this person. Um, It's funny, right? It's very funny.
0: I mean, I don't know if you guys knew this, but our mission in life is to be smarter and sexier. Well, saying fuck is not going to get it there, I guess. darn it.
1: How many hot points would I get if I stopped saying fuck? You'd be so much hotter. Oh, God damn it. Like a California 7? I think so. Minnesota 10? Minnesota 10 is a California 7. Obviously. That's how that works. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Um, is that I use uh, the word fuck like punctuation. Mm-hmm. So much so, I don't know I'm saying it anymore. It's just a part
0: of everyday life.
1: Also, it's just a word, man. Let it go. Right. It's just a word. I like that it was still two stars. Yeah, I know because and, they like
0: our stories, but they don't like our f bombs.
1: And I have a feeling they're going to hear this because they said almost explicitly said that
0: they're hate listening right I now. Al- I also fuck, fuck 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 fuck.
1: Just looked up their review, and you can see. I don't know if you guys know this. You can see on Apple the other reviews people have left. You can. There is a one star from them. So turned off. Wanted to hear ghost stories. Instead, I got two girls dropping f bombs every thirty seconds. It was annoying. Ladies, don't act like trash. Uh, whoever wrote this review, don't be misogynistic. Don't uh, be a feminist because you know what starts with you know what starts with f fuck and feminism, and in the opposite order because we are feminists and we also.
0: Love to say fuck and they also copy and pasted the know. exact same um review that they gave us. I see that. As another review. <laughs> they just changed the title of it. It's not you're not even original. It's like another what I'm sure there's another paranormal true crime comedy podcast hosted by two girls out there that also say the F-Bomb, and they tried listening to that one too, and then wrote this review and thought it was so good that they had to write it again.
1: Ladies, you think you're sexy, you think you're smart. No. Hi, hey Linus. Hi, Ha! Huh. Huh. Hi us? Ha ha. Hey, hey girl. You're hey. Not cat. Hi. Hi, Barbie. Answer?
0: When you sign the appwa. All right? I don't give a fuck.
1: Yeah, I so that's don't give fucking a fuck. stupid, right? <laughs> I think that's pretty fucking funny. Actually. I just, we just,
0: I to just bring that up because you know,
1: I um, love that.
0: We are now, not only are we are a geography podcast, <laughs> We are a kid's ge- geography podcast. This is a well,
1: specifically a podcast for children who love geography. This is a
0: children's geography
1: podcast. So we actually just got a television series picked up by Disney mm-hmm. Channel.
0: Fucking fuck. welcome <laughs> to that, to the Children's Quite Unusual Geography Podcast. Yeah, this whatever, man. Whatever. Ooh. It's 2023. Ooh. I'm going to say fuck if I want to. Also, they called us millennials. Okay, boomer. Nice. Nailed it. Fucking. Ooh.
1: Ooh. I'm going to hit the bonkometer.
0: So two bongs.
1: You got two bongs, bitch. (laughs) Two bongs,
0: like the two stars. (laughs) Two bongs. Yeah. So sorry, I didn't mean to to derail this episode too too much, but um, no, just wanted to call that out. I kind of, you know what? I kind of love our bad reviews. Me too. Gives us something to talk about. I'm
1: going to print one on a T-shirt that's (laughs) like two stars, and it says meh, (laughs) meh. That's what this one's titled for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's sort of fun. Um, one positive thing I would like to bring up if that's all right. Yeah. So we right now, us at the quite unusual house, Mm. we are putting together a little giveaway for Halloween. We are. Sure are. So if you're not already a Patreon member, part of our coven costs $2 to join, um, we are doing a giveaway. You will get some fun little halloween stuff we were crafting last night, which fucking takes
0: forever, turns out. Yeah, it turns out it takes forever to make 16 pieces of little ghosts What's... to give you a peek behind the curtain. I have carpal tunnel now Yeah, it's from really... making tiny ghosts. Crafting is like hiking in the sense where it's something that I think I like and I want to <laughs> do, and then I'm in the middle of doing it. And I realize I don't want to be doing it anymore, yeah. and I don't like it. Yeah. And then so I'll finish, doing that. Well, uh-huh. I won't finish craft. I'll start a craft. I have uh-huh. so many crafts where I'm like halfway through. Yeah,
1: I have literally half of a king size quilt made. Yeah, I yeah I've
0: got half of a leather jacket painted. I've got half of a I forgot about that jacket. A, a pillow yeah. sewn. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you might be worse than me. I, I think <laughs> I yeah. I bought a bunch of stuff to make like resin things made like one thing never never picked it back up again pretty sure it's uh out of shelf life now
1: well a great news for everyone listening if you are a Patreon member we will be recycling all of nicole's un- and my unfinished crafts <laughs> our half finished crafts you, you will be receiving small portions of that's the giveaway it's like the it's not the giveaway the giveaway (laughs) is actually really good um it's yeah it's gonna be some stuff that we exclusively had over at paracon and then like just like some fun little homemade stuff so if you guys are a member of our patreon if you're not um it's two dollars to join and you can enter to win this little halloween giveaway which we will do probably in the middle of next month because it's fucking halloween already yep all right, that was my positive thing to cancel out. that To cancel negative out my negative review. thing.
0: Shall no. we get into the episode?
1: Yes, we have been bantering for too long. It's been banter. Everyone so hates it. our fucking banter. We've been bantering. For I just too have to while. say one okay. thing now. Yeah. Ekenisha. That is all. All right, we're ready to go. <laughs> so I. <laughs> I started doing this episode with the plan of doing one on grave robbing because mm. you know much i love old-timey things oh i was gonna say dead bodies well that's, that was the same thing i love old-timey things i love dead bodies you do and i love when people are weird with that combination mm-hmm. well unhinged history it's is great. what i call it so i set out to do an episode on grave robbing and i failed you f- did you fail would you call this a failure or would you call it a Happy mistake. A little, happy little mistake. Uh, this story actually caught my attention. So consider this, the first episode in sort of like a grave robbing human dead body suite. Yeah. Okay. so I got a okay. lot of ideas coming your way. Got a lot we're, going on? We're going to talk a lot about dead bodies in the next coming months. All
0: right. So if you don't like dead bodies, you heard it here tune out now yeah. shut it down okay
1: <laughs> put on josh groban don't let your kids listen to it or do i don't know or so, fucking do i don't fucking care so more to come on buying and selling human bodies grave robbing definitely like some unhinged medical history oh i'm so excited you've been wanting to do that for a while i have and i'm stoked for it I got a bug one in the works.
0: Oh, she's a big bug enthusiast, it's too. She's going to be so gross. Probably the biggest bug enthusiast I know.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. That was really nice of you. Thank you. So for now, you'll have to settle for a story about two enterprising men who thrived under a really fucked up, disturbing system for a while. Oh. At, at least. That's
0: not unlike a lot of things today. Yes. Correct.
1: Okay, I wish um, when you edit this, just put in like some storm noises. That would be great
0: for me if you could just start I, that with I'll some. Just like do it. Do you want me to do it with my mouth right now? Yeah. Can you do, do 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 it. do
1: it with your do it with your mouth?
0: Okay, to start us off. Yeah. <coughs> it was a
1: dark and stormy night. <coughs>
0: <gasps> I just got goosebumps. Is
1: that good? That was the best storm I have ever heard in my life. Thank you. This is better than, I thought it was storming outside for one second. Well thank you. fantastic. So our story takes place over a 10month period of time in 1828 in Edinburgh, Scotland <laughs> <laughs> with two men called William Burke and William Hare who would commit a series of murders for financial gains. A third player, Scottish anatomist Robert Knox, and his need for fresh, dissectable bodies would be the linchpin in Burke and Hare's entire murderous enterprise.
0: The Burke and Hare murders. Yeah. Wait, boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom. Wait, sorry. That was this. Well, whatever. That's my voice. That's my take on it. Yeah, it, it's your interpretation.
1: To understand our story and how Burke and Hare eventually got to where this story will take them, You have to kind of understand the world that they lived in. First of all, something I am deeply obsessed with is that Edinburgh, Scotland is supposedly the most haunted place on the planet. Mm. Yeah, I've heard that. I want to go to there.
0: Yeah, me too. And it's also where uh, J.K. Rowling penned Harry Potter. Wow. Even though she's terrible, but like you could go to the little... The coffee shop where she did it, and like they're all like Harry Pottered out, and that's a place that I want to go to someday. Let us go to there. Let's go to there. Shall we? We shall. Okay. All right, we'll take a break from recording. We'll
1: go there, and then when we're back, we'll finish. Yeah. Okay, all right, bye, guys. Bye. Ever since the beginning of life, there has unfortunately been death, and along with it, the curiosity of how and why we live and die. When you cut open an animal to eat... Or I guess sacrifice, whatever. It's full of like a bunch of stuff, right? Like organs, liquids, bones, treasures. Viscera. Various viscera. I can only assume that the first person to ever cut open an animal or I guess cut themselves or a person, a, a living being open was probably like, what the heck is all this stuff?
0: Right. and why do you think they probably drink it i would assume they probably that was like their first thing would be like to put it in their mouth yeah right i would assume they would do it to like eat them to like stop it too like oh
1: fuck. oh cut themselves yeah like when yeah. they cut themselves I do to just all like the time. I drink know. it yeah if it's a little you know when i cut my thumb off and i put and i, and I ate the thumb you were keep sucking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sucking
0: yeah sucking your thumb
1: i'm just kidding so this all brings us to anatomy The first known written accounts of human anatomy comes from 1600 BCE, thanks to the Egyptians. They believed in a cardiocentric hypothesis, which means like the belief that the heart is the center of the body. And that that's what kept us sustaining life. But also that's what housed our soul and intelligence. Hmm. And they thought our brains were just like junk that was in there for some reason. Like, we don't need that shit. Junk
0: Junk. in the trunk.
1: Yeah, junk in the dome. Junk in the dome. (laughs) So they would throw it out like I'm sure you much like a lot of the people that are listening now had a weird like obsessed with the Egyptians phase. Mm,
0: yeah. yeah. I feel like whenever anyone learned about the Egyptians in school it was like the coolest yeah, like, totally. um, lesson we had for like history that year. So everyone just like latched on to it super hard. Yeah, we, That was our personality for a very long that time. That and Greek mythology were like my two favorite things I ever yeah. learned about in school.
1: Yeah for sure. So then you're familiar, which I'm sure a lot of people listening are, with, like, the canopic jars where they would put mm. the organs and, like, mm-hmm. like mummify them and keep them for you. They would just straight up throw the brain out and be like, the dog is hungry. We don't Eat need this that. shit. Yeah. This is what people thought for a long time, that the heart is what the center of the body was. Probably because it's located in the center of the body, if you yeah. think about it. So people thought this for a long time until Greek philosopher... Pythagoras, is that? It's not though. Pythagoras, it's not Pythagoras because I it's thought not. I was like, oh, like the theory guy, right? Oh, like, not him. No, it's spelled
0: a lot like Pythagoras. It's
1: well, then maybe it's Pythagoras. 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 I don't know. Pythagoras. There it is. Pythagoras. There we go. So in 1550 B.C.E., he thought he just came up with the idea that the soul lived inside of the brain. He also thought that the soul was immortal, which was carried on by Plato and Hippocrates. Mm. And like pretty much that's when like eternal
0: life. Like your body dies, but your soul.
1: Yeah. Like your soul, some kind of spirit goes on. Like this is when this really took Hmm. hold. Interesting. mm -hmm. It wasn't until the early 1800s that we have what we would consider modern anatomy which was kind of born in Scotland, mm-hmm. which is where our story takes place. I'm mm,
0: bring it back.
1: The pioneers in the field of anatomy were Alexander Monroe, senior and junior, because we love a nepotism oh, baby. Oh wow, nepotism
0: started in Scotland too.
1: Can <laughs> you believe that the Scots invented, invented nepotism? nepotism. Can you imagine like your doctor or your dad is a doctor and he's just like, well, obviously you are also. Since I am a doctor,
0: you as my son are also doctor. This is a house of learned
1: doctors. No schooling necessary. You don't need it. You don't. John Bell was also a famous anatomist.
0: Wait, what?
1: Yeah. Crazy, right? Wow. John Goodsir, which is a great name. That's a great last name. And Robert Knox. As I've said, Robert Knox will factor very heavily into this episode, so don't forget that name. Edinburgh became one of the leaders in anatomical studies, along with Padua, Italy, and Leiden in the Netherlands. The thing about learning about human anatomy is that you need humans to dissect in order to learn and teach anatomy.
0: Mm.
1: But, like, where does one get a fresh
0: body to dissect? And you can't just take them. Like, most families and people want to bury their loved ones. Yeah,
1: people are super weird with bodies when they die. It's all about religion, man. We need to respect this body. I'm like, I'm not using
0: it. We need to bury it into the ground.
1: Yes, let a worm eat it so God can find it. So where does one get a fresh body to dissect? From a grave, right? Mm. Yes. And thus... The heyday of grave robbing began. I mean, people have always robbed graves
0: because, like, you're buried with really cool shit sometimes. You're buried, yeah, with, like, your most expensive jewels and clothing.
1: Yeah, so people always did that and, like, took all the stuff. But this is the first time that we're really seeing people stealing human bodies Mm. for the body.
0: Mm. Body snatchers. Yeah,
1: They're snatching them. In 1823, the Judgment of Death Act was passed at a time when there were over 200 offenses that carried a mandatory sentence of death. This allowed judges to use their discretion and to not carry out the death penalty if they chose not to. The law did require judges to enter a sentence of death on the court record, but then afterwards, they could be like, you know what? I know it says death here, but I was just kidding. You're good, man. Like 10 years in jail. And then you couldn't, you're good. Just leave.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So it
1: was like a weird, like gray area. Like they could allow. It was
0: like if you got a cool judge, he was like, just don't tell him. Yeah. Like he was like
1: not a regular judge, but like a cool judge. A cool judge. Yeah. So he would write on there that you were sentenced to death and then he could commute the sentence to just imprisonment for like a while. Not even like a life sentence. Hmm. Which sounds like really great news.
0: It's just vibes, man.
1: Yeah, it's like whatever. It's like whatever, you know? It's whatever. Sounds like great news. But since the medical and anatomical schools were only legally allowed to dissect the bodies of people sentenced to death by the country, Mm. this led to an extreme shortage of dead bodies
0: available for them to use. Oh, because they could literally like murder them death penalty style, and then just literally ship them right to the school. Yeah. So they're, like, like still warm. Same day delivery,
1: mm. for sure. And before, there were 200 offenses that would let you, like, let the state, the country kill you, basically. So, like, mm-hmm. if you stole my horse, death penalty. If you, um, I don't know, whatever. I don't know what these other sentences are. If you punched a cop in the mouth, death penalty. If you... Punched a cat, oh, death penalty. Double death penalty. Death penalty. They kill you twice. (laughs) But now it's really only like if you kill someone, do you get the death penalty. The rules changed. And now because the need was so high. And remember, these are high society people sort of like demanding these bodies for science. Yeah, it's it's for science. So who who is a scientist? Rich people. Rich Mm -hmm. people are doctors, rich people can afford education, rich people can afford white lab coats. Mm -hmm. This is not a poor person's sport, right? No. So high society people are demanding these bodies, saying we need them to learn and teach on.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So Parliament listened to the medical community and they widened their allowance on bodies for dissection. The rules changed and now allowed, quote unquote, suitable corpses to include people who died in prison Suicide victims, unclaimed paupers' bodies, and the bodies of foundlings and orphans.
0: So basically, anyone who's dead and unclaimed and poor and poor,
1: Uh they
0: get to take. Yes, exactly.
1: Also, we can't stop doing that voice. So I'm (laughs) sorry. sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's like my voice now. Sorry.
1: It's just just what we sound like. This is how I
0: sound now.
1: The poor saw this as a criminalization of poverty. Meaning that the body of a poor person was treated like that of an executed criminal in the eyes of anatomists. Because before it was strictly if you had if you had committed a crime bad enough to have you killed, then they could use your body. But now if you were just like an orphaned child,
0: no one cares about you. Right. They could use your body. Even suicide victims, though. Like what about their families? I think it's
1: I think it was like a church thing.
0: Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah like you're, you're not allowed. You're not supposed to. God doesn't want you then.
1: Yeah, because like you don't own your body or something. Okay. I don't know. The Roman Catholic Church was completely opposed to the dissection, period, at all, because their views on the sanctity of a body, which they believed belonged to God, so if you're cutting open something that belongs to God, that's sacrilegious. Mm-hmm. In 1918, a highly regarded surgeon called John Abernathy said, I'm going to try to do a Scottish such an
0: old-timey name. Abernathy? Jonathan
1: Abernathy. I know, it's so good. There's a lot of pretty alright names on this. (laughs) Well, there's no shortcut or royal road to the attainment of medical knowledge, and the directors of hospitals, poorhouses, and prisons were to establish it as a regulation that the body of any dying person in these institutions, unclaimed by immediate relatives should be given to the surgeon of the establishment for dissection. I am convinced that it would greatly tend to the increase of anatomical knowledge among the members of our profession in general, and consequently, to the public good.
0: Was that all right? That was pretty good. Thank you. Surgeon. That was my favorite part. Surgeon. Surgeon.
1: But again, this did not sit well with the poorer classes. The researchers were all rich, upper class, definitely white people. Well, yeah, they're in Scotland. Yeah, so true. That needed the bodies to further their life path, while the poor were treated as just instruments, simply tools to learn a trade on. Hmm. The poor were, were regarded as, quote unquote, too uneducated and savage to appreciate the knowledge gained from dissecting a human body. On the opposite side, the poor saw the upper class anatomists as butchers who only saw them as bodies to cut up. I completely understand both sides of this.
0: Yeah, but like, uh, I mean, I get like the unclaimed bodies. Yeah. Because what are you going to do with them anyways? You're probably just going to put them in a mass grave.
1: For sure. Or
0: cremate them. I don't know if cremation was a thing or not. I actually have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can see that because why would you just throw them, you know, you're not you're not giving them their own grave. They don't have a name.
1: Yeah, it's also almost like you're wasting a body.
0: Yeah, cuz like if you need it for something else. Right. Unless that person was like if it was an orphan and they were like religious and like that they believed mm-hmm. that they should be buried, that's kind of fucked up then.
1: I think that there's a lot of gray area in here. Like if you if I go to prison and I'm in prison for 10 years, And I die of the flu like Mm -hmm. and you want to bury my body. But my body was already shipped off to get cut up, It's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what they did. Yeah. It was
0: just basically decided that prisoners like don't you're just no more rights for you.
1: Exactly. Which I don't want to make this political right now. But we do that in this country, too. Yeah. Like today. Felons can't vote and shit. Yeah, so it's, it's always like a second-class citizen thing. Yeah. The rise of prestige that came along with medical training led to higher enrollment rates, which led to the need for even more corpses, which led to an illegal trade for exhumed bodies ran by the medical schools, the students, and the grave robbers who were called resurrection men which is a fucking badass name, dude. That
0: sounds like the title to like a movie or something. The Resurrection Men.
1: Isn't it cool?
0: Yes. And like I could see like Johnny Depp's, like young Johnny Depp (gasps) stars in it. Oh my God, with his
1: eyeliner and
0: his like messy hair.
1: Absolutely. No, like the
0: young, like I'm talking like... uh, Gilbert Grape? Donnie Brosco, Johnny Depp. That's my Johnny Depp. And like maybe Kevin Bacon is also in it.
1: Oh, yeah. Rough and tumble, Kevin Bacon.
0: And like the two of them are the Resurrection Men.
1: Absolutely. For some reason,
0: I'm seeing this as like a movie that came out in like 1994.
1: I'm also <laughs> picturing very low quality film. Yes. Yeah.
0: I can like see the cover of it. And it's like dark. Yeah. It's like, like definitely like dark. Mysterious. And it's like the two of them back, like the side profiles of That's their what, faces. Facing opposite directions. Yeah. One's but like holding
1: a shovel. <laughs> yes. It's like a graveyard in the back. Wait. Why didn't they make this movie in 1994? Maybe they did in another universe. Damn it, I was three. I could have done it. Why? Let's do it now. Let's go back in time. We'll cast cast their children in the roles. (laughs) We'll nepotize their
0: children into Lily
1: Rose. Lily Rose. The Resurrection Rose. The Rose of Resurrection Woman.
0: (laughs) Kevin Bacon's daughter is a, uh, an actress, too. Wow, look
1: at that. We just made it a feminist, <laughs> iconic movie. Because women is resurrection men, too.
0: <laughs> resurrection women.
1: Yes. And then we'll make the second one the sequel a comedy. Yeah. Obviously. There were two sides to the same coin. The elite medical professional anatomists and surgeons were at the top of society. But then their counterparts that supplied the bodies they learned on and teached on were just considered scum. I am not going to go deeper into grave robbing. You're not? Not in this one because I'm doing a whole separate episode on it.
0: Okay. So um, this is just like a brief little preview.
1: Yeah, like a little little fun, little taste. Okay. We'll talk a little bit more about grave robbing, but like we're not going to go that far in depth. Okay. I want to do
0: a full episode on it. Okay. Because I'm obsessed. Well, stay tuned for grave grave robbing. grave Gravedigger. Two resurrection, two men. (laughs) Totally.
1: (laughs) Creme de la creme, Robert Knox, renowned anatomist and head of the Edinburgh Medical School, attracted crowds of 500 or more people to his anatomy lectures every single day. Do you know what, like a, what are they called? Surgery. Oh my gosh. Do you know what a surgery, like a surgical theater looks like?
0: Yes. There was that one show, and I don't remember what the name of it was, but it was, I think, uh,
1: Grey's Anatomy.
0: No. That's Clive... a book. Did you know that? No. Clive Owen was in it, I think. Really? Yeah. I'll look it up now. But yeah, it was all like old timey and about like discovering like me- how like medical practices and shit, like back in these times. And yeah, people would like watch you do surgeries and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like you can actually still go see them. So Grey's Anatomy is like the considered.
0: Nick. It was called The Nick.
1: Oh yeah, I've never heard of that.
0: Only watched a couple episodes. Didn't really hit for me.
1: Oh, it didn't really nick for you.
0: Didn't really nick. No.
1: So Grey's Anatomy is a book. If you didn't know that, um, and it's written by someone called Henry Gray, who was also an anatomist hmm. in the mid 1800s. So it
0: is was... it? Oh, so it's, is it about his life?
1: No, it's an anatomy book. Oh. Like this is what's inside of a body. Oh, these are the parts of it. You know, like okay. the like the anatomical drawings that like Michelangelo did of mm-hmm. like the man on the David on the wheel. Oh, so or it's like an
0: educational book. Yeah.
1: Okay. It was like the Bible. Okay. Yeah. Super cool. Which maybe we'll talk about that later. Also. Oh, I don't know, maybe I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll that'll come up again. On my hand. Who knows. Born into high society in 1791 to Robert Sr. and Mary Knox in Edinburgh, along with seven other siblings, he had contracted smallpox as a child. This is Robert Knox, just to bring it back. The creme de la about. creme. This is creme de la creme. Oh, Robert Knox. That's our boy. Here. Yeah. He had contracted smallpox as a child, even on his eyeball, which oh. I didn't know. I didn't know you could get that. I didn't know that either. It's... Don't Google image it. I don't want to. Don't. This left his eyeball, his left eye, completely destroyed and his face extremely disfigured. But he lived, which was very rare at the time. Mm. He was known as a bully during his time at the Royal High School of Edinburgh. But he was also an excellent student, so the teachers fucking loved him.
0: Wait, so he was disfigured, but he was the bully? Yeah.
1: I can only imagine it was like a... Psychological, like, hate them before they hate you thing.
0: He was like Phantom of the Opera ing, and he was <laughs> the bully in school. He okay. Was. Okay.
1: He absolutely was. Robert. Yeah, he had a fucked up face. You can look up pictures of him. I'll post them on social media. It's Bonk City. Hmm. I would give it three bonks. Three bonks? Out of five bonks. Okay. That was three <laughs> That was Those my intent. That was really good. In 1810, Robert Knox began taking medical classes at the University of Edinburgh. He ended his college career at the school with a failing grade on his final anatomy test. But back then, if you owned like, I don't know, a hammer and a straight razor, not only were you technically qualified to be a barber, but you could also just like call yourself a dentist. So realistically, failing one test didn't really matter.
0: Barbers slash dentists. Barber surgeons. Like, whatever. (laughs)
1: Like, if you just had sharp stuff and, like, a strong constitution, you could be a surgeon at the time. Basically. And if you were rich. Oh, yeah. Especially if you were rich. If you were poor and you did it and you accidentally killed someone, you were a murderer. If you killed someone and you were rich, you were a surgeon. So You were a hero. you, You wanted to be. He was obsessed with an anatomist called John Barclay and he decided to take a private class taught by John Barclay and like paid him like extra money cuz he was super rich to like be mm. able to do that. He passed his private final and then he was fully content with having completed his schooling. Like he just wanted to take the test one more time.
0: Oh, so once he passed this test, he was like nailed an it. Actual doctor
1: yeah, like, he got, like, you passed your tests kind of thing. But again, like, the rules weren't super firm. Like, they yeah. had anatomy schools. They had, like, surgery schools. They had a lot of stuff like this, but ugh, it was pretty fast and loose with the
0: rules. You she took, like, to a show, test, yeah. and then you were a doctor.
1: Basically, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Also, you could just pay someone to give you a, quote-unquote, private final exam, and <laughs> You passed when you were given all the answers. That is so crazy. How your that private hurts. tutor
0: gives you your private exam, and then you win.
1: Yes, pretty much you win, Doctor. You win the you win the Doctor game. He joined the army after graduating school in 1814, and he served as a hospital assistant before going to Belgium to assist with the wounded in the Battle of Waterloo, of ABBA fame. Naturally, I only know about the Battle of Waterloo because of Abba. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure most most people do.
1: He was famously controversial for using a method where you would leave the wound open to quote unquote breathe, which actually helped stave off infection, yeah, otherwise, they would wrap it up and then it would just like get gangrenous and like' cause it was moist and yeah. dark and it's
0: like whenever like i I get a cut or something, I usually hold off before I put a Band-Aid on it, or if I don't, if I can get away with not putting a Band-Aid on, I just, like, won't. Yeah, same. Because it heals faster.
1: Oh, it totally does. And also, it's just, like, less icky. It's, like, soft
0: and weird. Yeah, right? Your finger, your skin gets all, like, wrinkly and white (laughs) white underneath your Band-Aid.
1: Band-Aids freak me out, dude. (laughs) Knox became more obsessed with anatomy after serving in the Army, insisting that it was extremely important to understand the human body... If one was to be a successful surgeon and everyone was like, what? That's not related at all. What are you even talking about? (laughs) Idiot. You don't need to know what a body looks like to operate on
0: it. You don't need to know what it looks like to stab it. (sighs) He was like, no, no, you do. And then everyone started listening to him. Uh, We should probably know, right? We, We should know
1: what's in there before we cut it open, don't you think? No. What if there's snakes inside?
0: You need to know that. There could be snakes. But what if there are snakes? What if we were just full of snakes? That'd be pretty fucking dope.
1: I don't think I'd like it. I wouldn't. I would. Well, in 1817, <laughs> Robert, no, moving on. Uh, Robert Knox traveled to South Africa with a group called the 72nd Highlanders, which was like a, a part of like the military. Sounds like an
0: awesome metal band too. The Highlanders? The 72nd Highlanders does, or like a rock, alternative rock band. More. There's a so. lot of a lot of band names in
1: here. <laughs> the 72nd Highlanders and their album is Mutual Disdain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he traveled to South Africa where he had where he had plenty of downtime from work to travel the countryside where he spent lots of time with the natives. I was very prepared for this to get super fucking weird and racist, mm-hmm. but he actually got into a huge argument with one of his equals, like one of his mutuals, over race with Robert Knox saying like, well, they're just people just like us. Yeah. And the other guy being like, um, okay, well, then why do they look different? They're probably full of snakes. (laughs) Um, them, they're full of snakes. Robert Knox fully disapproved of his mutuals disdain for the native people and he actually wanted to learn their medical practices because he figured they've been living out here on un- virtually untouched by modern yeah. society. And they're all surviving and they're thriving. And, you know, this man has his arm cut off, but he lived and like we can't make that happen in Scotland. Right. So like, <laughs> it's like they know some shit here. Yeah. So he he was he treated them like human beings, mm-hmm. which was huge for the time. Unfortunately though he was forced to be involved in a raid against the people after they rebelled against their colonizers nice which left a very bad taste in his mouth but he had to because he was you know he was a white so he, he had to fight with the whites that's that's what happened yeah Knox got into a fight with his commanding officer Andres Stockenstorm <laughs> <laughs> after Robert Knox accused Stockenstorm's brother, who is actually named OG Stockenstorm. Wow, that's a great, great name. It's pretty good. So Robert Knox accused this man of stealing from him, and OG was acquitted of the charges, and Knox was like, okay, well, I know you did it. I know you stole from me, but your brother's a commanding officer, so obviously you're not going to get in trouble for this. Mm-hmm. So he did what any old-timey man would do, mm. and he challenged him to a duel.
0: I love how that's the way men used to solve their problems back in the day. Just shoot each other? I'm team more men dueling for things <laughs> over an argument, okay? More dueling You know, maybe, yeah. You guys, like, honestly.
1: <laughs> Slap a man with a little glove and then shoot at him at dawn. Freaking! Why don't you guys duel more? Okay, men used to duel. Men will literally duel instead of go to therapy.
0: No, they used to. Now they'll just go to therapy. (sighs) Men will literally go to therapy instead of duel each (laughs) each other over an issue.
1: Wow, are we getting soft? It's pathetic. Okay, so this man, OG Stockenstrom, he actually had someone to—he was going to duel for him.
0: As like his champion. Okay, I don't understand that either. Like, how can you want to die? (laughs) Yeah, but like, then you're not. That shouldn't be considered like you dueling. But for some reason, (laughs) it was like a gentleman's. It was like, yeah, they do it in Game of Thrones too. Like, you could just do that.
1: Yeah, I don't really. It's not. No, if you fucking challenge someone, you should have to die. That's not fair. That it's absolutely not fair. If I go to prison, can I be like, actually, my brother's gonna go. I'm
0: gonna pay you to go for me. (laughs) I'm sure that happens somewhere. Probably.
1: So this man who was this Stock and Storm's supporter, uh, the only name I could find was Burdette. No first name, just last name, Burdette. So I would like for you to think of a first name for him.
0: Or we could just let him go by Burdette, Madonna style.
1: (gasps) How chic. He was the first Madonna. And God was the first Madonna. (laughs) That's true.
0: God (laughs) was the first
1: Madonna. It was God and then Madonna and then then Burdette. Burdette. Wait, it was... God and then. Technically- it was Madonna
0: God and then Burdette? Madonna yes. came first,
1: obviously. She- obviously,
0: have you seen her? <laughs> I mean, lately she's looking a little rough.
1: But- she was British for like five years. That's true. She can do anything, though. She can do fucking anything she wants. So Knox refused to fight Burdette because he's like, "You're not the man I tried to duel. I'm not fighting you. Also, you only have one name, like Madonna. That's weird."
0: How dare you try to steal Madonna's thunder? <laughs>
1: That's Madonna's thing. Really embarrassing. Wow. Yeah. So Burdette did what any reasonable man would do, and he attacked Robert Knox with a horse whip, which <laughs> fucking hurts to
0: get hit with. How does explain the pain to us, please, horse girl? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you know that dumb fucking game that men do. No offense, to all the men listening, but you do do. Oh this. yeah, in the locker room, we like slap each other's balls, and they're for like, some "It's reason. not
0: gay. It's not gay." Like, first of all kind of gay. it's
1: cool to be gay yeah so like own it right yeah hashtag pride
0: seriously also be gay guys
1: slapping yourselves in the balls
0: and the ass
1: okay like, <laughs> yeah, and like,
0: yeah so
1: but i can't i can't hate on it too much because as a horse girl we used to take our whips and like slap each other in the legs with it
0: you'd slap each other's balls
1: we would slap each other's balls <laughs> us horse girls <laughs> um because you know like you're wearing like tall leather boots so like it didn't hurt that much to like get yeah. hit uh-huh um, but one time I got hit in the leg, like in my thigh mm. and it was fucking bruised for like <laughs> six weeks, dude. It was Jeez. so gnar. Wow. Cause it's leather and it's like, like
0: yeah. it fucking hurts <laughs> so bad. So what happened? He, he slapped this guy with it. Instead? Yeah. So
1: Knox was like, I'm not going to fight you because I was trying to fight Stock and Sturm. And Burdett's like, yeah, well okay, well then take this. And he hits him with it.
0: Ooh. So
1: Knox is like, fuck you, takes out his saber <laughs> and he slices Burdett's arm, like his forearm, just okay. like a little cut, like knock it off. Okay. Right. Well, because of this, Robert Knox's promotion to surgical assistant surgeon was canceled. He was given like dishonorable discharge. What? And he was sent back to Britain.
0: Is it because it was the the brother? I his so. brother was the like the head honcho? Yeah,
1: they were like friends with like the upper echelon. Um. And he was like, How dare you slice me after I whip you with this whip? And so they're like, You did a bad thing, robber. And he was like, I was literally just doing exactly what you were doing. Right. But it was a problem because he did it.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. So they sent him back. And he stayed in Britain until October. And then he went to Paris to study anatomy again for a year. He studied under George Cuvier and Éton Geoffrey Saint-Ileron. I don't know if that's how you say that. I don't speak French. It sounds right. I think so. If you say something with an accent hard enough, people do not question yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, right? They don't. So they were very, very famous anatomists at the time. And he studied under them. He went back to Edinburgh in December Of 1822. He got there, I think, Christmas Day, 1822, which feels very cinematic. Mm. It's probably like uh, little snow flurries and like top hats and very like Muppet Christmas, Carol. Like uh, Christmas hams. Yes. Uh, You boy, what day is it? A ham for everyone. (laughs) The following year, he was elected as a fellow of the Royal Society of Edinburgh. Here he wrote tons of highly regarded papers on anatomy and race, and what, from what I can find, he wasn't like as disgusting about race as his mutuals were. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't do that old-timey white colonizer thing where he claimed that all other races were inferior. Yeah, which is sort of fun.
0: I like that he didn't do that. Yeah, I mean that's that's great. Yeah, I mean I'd he was that for him
1: still kind of like a eugenicist and stuff. Well, colonizers are. Did you know that eugenic like eugenics was super popular in our country until like the 1950s i mean some could say it still is (laughs) i was gonna
0: say are you sure
1: but it was like i didn't know that when i think about like eugenics i always think like more old-timey
0: yeah like Mm. the 1800s i think more like nazis yeah it was oh super big yeah yeah so super big we still got nazis in the world so (laughs) still got eugenics sure fucking do don't we
1: in 1825, John Barclay, which you remember was his private teacher, mm. he offered Knox a partnership at his anatomy school in Surgeon's Square, Edinburgh. He had to be recognized by the Edinburgh College of Surgeons, which was literally just a certificate you received after paying <laughs> 250 pounds for the certificate. I'm sorry. So he
0: paid money to become, a, he just like paid money and then he was a doctor. Yes. He,
1: to be fair, he went to a lot of schooling for it. That's true. But yeah, you just like buy a certificate and they're like, hey, you're a doctor, boy. <laughs>
0: Bye. Congratulations.
1: I looked it up and that equals about 38,000 pounds today or in U.S. money, almost $50,000. Wow. wow. So he paid $50,000 for a degree. Well, that's kind of
0: like going to college anyways. It's cheaper. For any other, you know?
1: than going to college.
0: Cheaper than going to college and getting a certificate that says you're going to be
1: a fashion major. A <laughs> fashion major. It's cool to be a fashion major. I guess,
0: well, now doctors, obviously, like, you actually need your schooling to be a doctor. Uh-huh. But everything else, it's like. Uh, I don't even have a degree. Do you need it? No.
1: Do you? you don't.
0: You just pay a bunch of money for a piece of paper that tells you. That you're smart.
1: And even if you have a degree and you're looking for a job, they're like, this is entry level. Why don't you have 55 years experience? Oh, I'm sorry. You have a piece of paper? Oh,
0: yeah. Well, sorry. That's not going to get you anywhere here. No.
1: But if you don't have it, we're not even considering you. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, like, salty about it, though. So, like, whatever.
0: We're just a bunch of millennials who say the F-bomb way too much.
1: Fuck that. Whatever. (laughs) Fuck it. Fine. So, this was... This is what he did. He bought this certificate for, like, equivalent of Mm $50,000, and then he was allowed to teach at this school with his counterpart, John Barclay. Okay. A rival teacher, Mm -hmm. professor of anatomy Alexander Monroe, who was said to be, like, really weirdly off-putting, just like an uncomfortable man to be around, Mm -hmm. saw a decline in his class attendance, while Knox saw a huge increase in his... And they, like, were directly related. Why? Just people liked Knox more. I think he was, like, a cool, like, he was, like, fun and, like, slapped the titties around and stuff. And they were, like, whoa, this guy's great. I don't know if he
0: actually did that, but. (laughs) He slapped the titties on the dead
1: bodies. (laughs) He made anatomy fun, you know? Mm. Yeah. So he started charging, also, Robert Knox, for private tutoring, like, on the side. Mm. And he made a shit ton of money from this. So Alexander Monroe is just like seething, not making as much money, like it's kind of falling in popularity. And
0: Robert Knox's star is rising because he would bring his guitar to class and make up songs <laughs> about the placements of the organs in the body. And that's yeah. why everyone liked him. The Left bones with the foot bones connected. Yeah. To Fun the fact, Robert Knox. Books. Created that song. He was the one that wrote that song.
1: The ankle bones connected to the foot bone. The foot bones connected to the ankle bone, and that's how feet bones work.
0: Boom, boom, boom.
1: <laughs> that's why he had such
0: high attendance in his classrooms.
1: People fucking loved it. <laughs> He was a man of science and he also loved to make fun of religion, which his students also loved. Mm. So he was like funny and would be like, oh, God says don't slice this bitch open. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. Oh, I'm going to hell. Cool and guy like, Knox. People thought it was so fun. Apparently, also, Charles Darwin was a huge fan of Robert Knox. Oh, okay. Yeah, but Charles Darwin is, like, a giant weirdo, and yeah. I don't think anyone should actually care about what he says. You know, he's a fuck. Do you know he had, I'm sure I've talked about this a million times, he had a club that they would eat. eat like, yeah, exotic animals. Yeah, and, he's like, a fuck. that's why there's, like, no Galapagos, Galapagos. turtles. <laughs>
0: yeah. They ate them they're,
1: all. They're still recovering from Charles Darwin eating all of yeah, them. Yeah, that's insane. It's absolutely insane. I went down a Darwin rabbit hole, and he also thought that tortoises didn't need to drink water for like 90 days.
0: Oh, okay. What, they stored it in their fucking shell?
1: I don't know. No one knows how tortoises work, man. <laughs> okay. Okay, Charles. Okay, Chuck. Whatever. Robert Knox pioneered something called transcendental anatomy. Which is also known as physiological anatomy, or it was at the time. Philosophical. There it is. Thank you so much for knowing words I don't. <laughs> just We'll just keep that part in. <laughs>
0: you, you can re-say it if you want. Nah. <laughs> All right. I don't care. I'm bad. I'm fucking dyslexic. I don't give a shit. Whatever. I mean, you have the correct word there. You just pronounced Philosophical. it. Philosophical.
1: Robert Knox pioneered something called transcendental anatomy, which was also known as f- philosophical anatomy at the time. Did I get yeah, it? You got did it. Did I do it you this time? It. You got it. Guys, we just did seven takes of that. And I got it wrong every <laughs> she time. She got it right. <laughs> this was revolutionary thinking at the time, as it was based on the theory of evolution, and it drew comparisons between humans and other animals. Guess who fucking hated this?
0: Hmm, the revolutionary thinking is based on theories about...
1: Um, the church. Yeah. They didn't like it. Yep. They're like, um, God made Adam and Eve, not monkeys. So, what are you talking Evolution. about? Evolution. That's the devil. The devil. Vick and Valen calls the devil.
0: It's the devil.
1: <laughs> the basic theory is that most living things have the same basic internal makeup. We all have organs, we all have bones, or some kind of skeletal system... And we all have the ability to evolve and adapt for a purpose. And the church was like, no, actually, uh, God made everything and he made it in his reflection or whatever. And God doesn't make mistakes. And everything God made is perfect in every possible way. And nothing evolves.
0: Everyone was created from Adam. From a man. I'm not sure if you knew that. Really? Yeah. Even even ladies? Even, even ladies. There was a piece of his rib. Well, they ripped off and they created Eve. Nicole is doing the coolest dance right now, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be cool like cool guy Robert Knox
1: with that the was, songs. That was pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, they would have loved that shit in Edinburgh. Yeah, thank you. Robert Knox's anatomy school flourished, and he took on three assistants, Alexander Miller, Thomas Wharton Jones, and William Ferguson. In 1824, he was married in a secret wedding to a woman named Susan Knox. Her name was Knox. After they got married, they were not related. Why was it secret? Well, I'll tell you. Um, So they had seven children, but only two survived into adulthood, Mm. which is sad and sucks. And also, like, you just gave birth five times for no reason. Yeah. Honestly. You
0: had seven children because you were, like, hoping two would survive. Basically. That's, like, what they did.
1: So I read that his wedding was secret because he was super, super embarrassed that his wife had been of a lower social class than him. What? And he quote unquote hated when people found out. But like he was the
0: one telling everyone.
1: Okay. It's like, this is my wife, Susan. She's
0: a poor, but, but now she's no. So they were like, he was she was like his secret girlfriend.
1: I mean, like, they got married publicly. And then they got married. Or they got they got married secretly. Secretly. And then publicly. Now we together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He made a huge deal about how it didn't actually matter to him that she was a poor. Because he was so in love with her. But she was a poor. And now she's not because of me. But she oh. was. But I love her anyway.
0: That's why I married you in this secret wedding ceremony. Because I'm not ashamed of you. That's to feel. why I waited for my mom to die to marry you. For being a poor. Yeah, so he's kind of
1: shitty about it, you know? So finally we get to our main characters, mm. Burke and Hare. Or as I like to call them... The two bills. Ooh, okay. Because it's kind of fun, right? We have William Burke and we have William Hare. The two bills. Two bills. William Burke was born in Ireland in 1792 to middle class parents. Back when like middle class actually like meant something. Mm -hmm. Like if you were poor, you were scum. If you were rich, obviously like you were like nobility, Mm -hmm. like really like high up. But in the middle class, there were lawyers, there were doctors, there were like you had a, lo- a lot of money and a cushy mm, life and okay. like you could be like you like didn't have to work if you didn't ever want to that's what like middle class meant in the seventeen eighteen hundreds. interesting he had a brother named Constantine who was a part-time demon hunter that's but a lie he, he wasn't a- <laughs> but then i watched the movie constantine it's a great this. movie it is so It holds up, man. It holds
0: up. Yeah, really I, I watched it like two years ago. Yeah. It definitely holds up.
1: So their family lived very cushy lives, and William Burke was educated until he joined the British Army as a teenager. His brother also joined. Hmm. William Burke was married briefly, but he straight up just like abandoned his wife and family after he got into an argument with his father-in-law one time over land ownership. He's hmm. like, well this is my house and his father in law is like, no, it's mine. I like, I own it, but you live here. And William Burke was like, oh, fuck you. Bye. And then he just like fucking left his life. So that was kind of dope. That was a choice. Support that, I guess. Yeah. So he moved to Scotland to become a laborer. He helped build the Union Canal, which was i mean back then you had to dig canals by hand which
0: feels insane god can you remember the or can you imagine the fucking back pain no but no one was staring at computers all day so actually maybe their backs were fine true i feel like i'm equally as pain in pain as them (laughs) we have the bodies of union canal (laughs) diggers (laughs) we do i can't drive in a car for seven hours without (laughs) extreme back pain so yeah
1: It was in Scotland that he met his second wife, even though he technically didn't divorce his first wife, but he called this woman his his wife, because who was going to tell on him?
0: Did they have, like, another ceremony and everything?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay, that's legal. I don't think that anything really mattered back then. No, not at all. This woman's name was Helen McDougal, but he called her Nellie. They moved to a place called Tanner Close in Edinburgh in November of 1827 after his work on the canal ended. The two made money by selling secondhand clothes to the lowest classes. William Burke became a cobbler and he was very well liked in his neighborhood. He was known to sing and dance while cobbling shoes, which actually led him (laughs) to make more money in tips than his weekly salary of one pound. He
0: sang and danced while he cobbled shoes. I'm sorry, that just put a really funny picture in my head.
1: So old-timey sounding, (laughs) is it? Also, I pictured like straight up like Geppetto, like
0: doing it.
1: Yeah. He was also a very religious man, and he worshipped at a Presbyterian church, even though he was raised Roman Catholic. Hmm. He also always carried a Bible with him. William Hare was born in Londonderry in Northern Ireland between 1792 and 1804, but his exact birth year is unknown. There's very little known about his early life, but it's believed that he was an agricultural laborer who traveled to work on the Union Canal when the farm work dried up. He moved to Edinburgh in the mid-1820s, where he worked as an assistant to a coal man as well. So these are just like, at this point, like working class dudes. Oh, Okay. He lived near William Burke in Tanner's Close in a rented room when the owner of the house, whose name was Logue Laird. That's an awesome name. So good. Logue Laird. Logue. When he died, he married Logue's wife, Margaret. Swooped right in. I love that for them. They were married in 1826. The couple were known as, quote unquote, quarrelsome, violent, illiterate, and uncouth.
0: Mm, Sounds like a power couple. (laughs)
1: Fucking assholes that also can't read. (laughs) Burke and Hare met when they were both hired laborers in 1827 while doing seasonal harvesting. They became best friends and William Burke and his wife moved into the lodging house now owned by William Hare and his wife. The two couples were known by all of their neighbors for their extreme drinking, partying, and just general debauchery. Hmm. So it was a party house.
0: Party house. Party house.
1: Their wild lifestyles would reach a turning point on November 29th, 1827, when one of the men renting a room in the lodging house died suddenly. (gasps) A man named Donald, again, no last name, just a dude named Donald, who owed four pounds in back rent, and came down with a really bad case of dropsy?
0: Okay, you're gonna have to explain what dropsy is. I also did not know what dropsy was. Sound <laughs> it's such, it has such an old timey, like name too. Dude, it's such an old timey ass way oh, to fucking whoa. die too. He came down with dropsy.
1: Why didn't you take the ghost out of his blood? <laughs> Basically, the term dropsy just describes swelling, and it usually leads to heart failure or, like, the result of kidney disease. So it's just, like, general swelling. We would call it edema today. Oh. So, like, when, like, you have diabetes and, like, your limbs swell up mm. or, like, if you're, like, in heart failure, like, you get real puffy. hmm That's what dropsy is. But back then, that would kill you because fucking anything could kill you. Yeah. Yeah,
0: you'd sneeze and like some like you would do it wrong and then you'd die.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We now know that dropsy or edema is a symptom of a larger issue. But back then they're like, he's got a lot of ghosts in his ankles. That's why they're so big.
0: It's just dropsy. Just dropsy.
1: Literally no one dies of dropsy today. Mm. Yeah. But back then uh, the treatment was bloodletting. They were oh. just like, oh, he's too full of blood. Get the blood, the blood out
0: of there. There's, he's just a bag of blood. Get that blood out of that He's making too much blood. Yeah, That's why he's all bloated and inflamed. Don't cut too deep, though, or you'll let the snakes out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, poor Donald didn't get all of the ghosts let out of his blood, so unfortunately he died. Oh. He owed four pounds, but by coincidence, he had received his quarterly army pension the same day that he died. So William Hare pocketed the pension, because he was owed the money, technically. Okay, okay. And he consulted with William Burke on what to do with the body. Burke had heard that the body of an unclaimed man could be sold to an anatomist, and the two decided to do exactly that. So we just came full circle here? Everything's making sense? Yeah. Yeah. But why would you ever do something as straightforward as that when you could just make like a dumb and dumber style scheme out of it instead, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's more fun.
1: Yeah, it's hijinks. Hijinks make the world go round. So the two bills contacted a local parish instead of just taking the body to an anatomist. They explained the situation and they asked if the parish could help them out. Then they were put in touch with a local carpenter who provided coffins like on the dime of the parish, like the parish paid for these unclaimed body coffins. Okay. And they brought the body to the carpenter for this guy, Donald, to be buried. So they bring Donald to a carpenter who was paid by the parish to make a coffin
0: for For Donald. Donald.
1: Okay. And then the parish takes care of the body, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So Donald is put in this coffin and after the carpenter left for the night, the two bills who are like hiding Huckleberry Finn style in this fucking (laughs) building. (laughs) Shut up.
0: Shut up.
1: So they're hiding in this little like carpentry place and they pop out after the carpenter leaves for the night. The two bills open the coffin, remove the body that they then hide under a bed. Okay, And they fill the coffin up with bark because they were paid. <laughs> they were paid this is so they used bark to tan leathers at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So they were paid to dispose of this bark okay. by someone. So they put all the bark in the coffin,
0: right? right. Disposing
1: of it for free. They reseal the coffin. And then they take, they wait for night to happen, for nightfall, and then they take Donald's body out of this place, and they take him directly to an anatomist
0: to sell him. Okay, um, can we just reel it back for a second? Sure, of course. So, um, let me get this straight. Mm -hmm. So they had Donald's body. Sure did. And instead of just cutting out all of that. Yeah. A to B instead of just going A to B and Ye- selling the body. And selling the body directly. Uh-huh. They decided to come up with this whole scheme where they were going to get a church to pay for a coffin, uh-huh. to contact a carpenter to build the coffin and yeah. brought the body to the carpenter so he uh-huh. could fit it and then once the carpenter left uh-huh. for the day they re-stole the body from the carpenter and then also filled the coffin with bark so no one would know. Correct. And this was because he's for fun? I think oh, some of it was
1: for fun and also they got paid to dispose of the bark. So like they made a couple dollars too. But like
0: couldn't they dispose of the bark in any other way? Why Oh did yeah, they for need sure. They probably it? could have like dumped it in the river. <laughs> That's what everyone did. That's what people still do. I'm also going to assume that they were pretty drunk during most of this. Like they came up with this plan and they thought that it was so good. Dude, hear me out. What if? You know, Friar Carl,
1: how we fucking hate him? <laughs> let's fuck with him. What if we get Friar Carl, okay, to pay Todd to make a coffin?
0: Todd's like their old buddy, too, <laughs> from like high know. school.
1: Right? They're like, <laughs> and Todd can make an extra dime. And then, where are we going to put all this bark that we have that's just sitting in my wife's bed, and she's dude, not happy about dude, it? Dude, two birds, one stone. Doll, are we doing this? Let's, let's fucking do it, man. And they're like, brother. <laughs> And then they did it. Two bills and then they do their secret handshake <laughs> and that's what they did. <laughs> yeah. So like super convoluted and stupid and just yeah, instead of A to B,
0: they literally they def- went yeah. through everything. They made it uh, really difficult. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But I difficult. mean, they got there in the end. So that's what really matters. And
1: you know what, Nicole? Maybe <laughs> Maybe the real journey was the friends they made along the way. I think
0: it was.
1: Yeah. I think it was. The bodies they stole along the way. The bark they
0: dumped along the way.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they take this body now that they have to hide instead of just taking it out in broad daylight. Mm. And they take it to the Edinburgh University. Okay. But they have to go in through the alley. So they're behind the university and they knock on this secret door, right? where someone comes out and they're like can I can I help you and they're like we're looking to uh we got a we got a Donald in this cart we're looking to, to offload a man we got a hot body hot body and this man says okay you're going to go down a couple doors right and knock on that door and then that's where you'll sell this body okay because the man who they originally met was working for Robert Knox, but they went to Professor Monroe's door. Okay. So, so they s- were trying to sell it to Monroe. Yeah, cuz they like didn't give a shit like who they sold it yeah. to, but this man was like you're going to want to take it to Knox cuz like he's down down a couple doors. Cool, guy Knox. Take it to him. I'm sure he like worked for him. He was like a student. So who knows if he got kit bags, whatever, right? So they send them to Surgeon's Square which is just, like, it's, like, down the street, basically, mm-hmm. to sell the body to Robert Knox. They knock on the door, and they meet another man who is an assistant of Robert Knox, not Knox himself. Okay. Very important. Okay. And they're like, look at what we have, this is a dead man. And the guy's like, oh, great, great body, ton out of ten. Mm. Here's seven pounds and ten shillings. Okay. So Hare gets four pounds and five shillings. And Burke gets three pounds and five shillings. And the reason that it was a a difference is because Hare was still owed more money from this man's back rent. Oh. So they like evened it out. Okay. That's fair. According to my calculations, seven pounds ten shillings at the time was equivalent to over 70 days salary. Holy shit. It's a fuck ton of money, dude. That is a lot of money. Yeah. For one body. Wait, so they
0: each got seventy days? Or uh, like, around they 70? They split it, so, like, okay, 35. So, 30 so, like, over so a month's like worth a, of yeah, money. Months. Okay.
1: When they were leaving, according to William Burke, Knox's assistant told them, and I quote, would be, uh, real glad to see you again. You know, if you have another one to dispose of. And then he winked at him. Wink, wink. That's right. And spoiler alert, this man would see them again many, Ooh. many times. Oh. Yeah. Oh, The amount of money that they were paid is wild. So much money. Yeah. As a cobbler, which William Burke was, like a highly skilled trade, you are making shoes and fixing shoes. Mm -hmm. He earned one pound a week and he was just given almost four pounds for doing almost no work. Right. A guy just
0: died in his building.
1: Yeah. And like they didn't even have to do the whole weird coffin shit. They could have just (laughs) taken him there and gotten that money. That was for fun. It's for fun. They just had over seven pounds fall into their lap because a man died. So why would they not want to do this full time? Right? I mean, yeah. Ka-ching. Absolutely. I also looked up the going rate for a body at the time, and it seems like it depended on a few factors. Hmm. The season, what kind of body, and then obviously the level of decay. Right. Okay. Obviously, a fresh body is going to be worth a lot more than a decayed body, mm-hmm. and it seems like a female body was also worth slightly more than a man's body. Interesting. I would think that would be the opposite. I'm gonna assume it's because like they were doing weird shit. <gasps> I don't Horos. know. That's yeah. why
0: funeral homes prefer That's, to employ ooh. women. Yeah, because I mean, even now they don't even know. They know jack shit about the female body. So what the fuck were they studying back then? Slabbing those titties. If they were joking.
1: <laughs> yeah, ill, gross. I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I just like. Yeah, that why makes, else? Yeah, that, that, that tracks. You know? That
0: tracks for sure.
1: The price of a fresh body in the summer months could pay as high as ten pounds, but the body didn't last very long in the summer due to quicker decomposition in the heat. Mm. In the winter, however, you could get as much as ten pounds for a body because they lasted longer in the cold and they just decayed way slower. Demand was way higher in the winter, since they could store the bodies in the cold temperatures, take longer to dissect them, and just learn more along the way because of that. There was also a no questions asked policy when anatomy schools acquired these bodies. They did not want to know how, like, how these people came across said bodies. Don't ask, don't tell. That's not for them to know. Here's 10 bucks. Get out of here.
0: Mm, okay.
1: This helped them, the schools, stay within the law, and it also helped keep the bodies flowing through the doors, if you will. Oh, yeah, because they were like, oh,
0: we don't really care where you get it, just as long as you bring it here. Yeah,
1: exactly. But, like, they're not implicated because they don't know they where don't they know. came from. yeah. Of course, everyone knew where the bodies were coming from. Cemeteries in Edinburgh began building super tall fences, and they even had watchtowers with locked gates around the property to keep resurrection men out, but it did very, very little to
0: help. They even used to have those, like, I forget what they're called, but it was like they used to build cages over, like, uh-huh. graves. Yeah, rich people did. Yeah, because they knew. concrete slabs. Yeah, concrete slabs and, like, those weird cages mm-hmm. because people would take your body.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, now the two Bills, Burke and Hare, have the tastes for that sweet, sweet corpse money, mm. and now they also know where to sell them. And this little light bulb goes off in their heads and they look at each other and they're like, brother, brother. And they do their secret handshake and then they go take a shot of whiskey. And I think that's where we're actually going to end this episode today. Nice. This was not supposed to be a two parter, but I talk a lot about bodies. So I'm really sorry. Bodies, bodies, bodies. To the body shop.
0: All right. Well, we're not going to do a listener mail for this one because we don't usually do that in between. Yes. Um, if we've got two parters. So we're going to take a little breaky on that. But if you have a listener mail that you would like to send, feel free to go to our website, quiteunusualpod.com. You can write a fan mail or you can uh, write us an email at quiteunusualpod at gmail.com. Yes,
1: and of course, you can always slippery slide into our DMs on any of the social medias where quite unusual quiteunusualpod, but it's harder to find your your listener stories in the DMs, so if you have something fun, email it or put it on our website. Yeah. For sure. And uh, we will pick up next week when they get into the actual murder. The
0: murder plot.
1: Uh, Fast and Furious 2.0.
0: Burk to hair. To Burke to hair. To hair to Burke. All right. Well, as always, remember to celebrate the strange. And keep it unusual. Bye. Bye.